0: Welcome to DiscoCulia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about DiscoCulia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for DiscoCulia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. There are no silver bullet solutions. The International Science and Evidence-Based Education Assessment and how to use their rods and why. And when your student fails a test. And yes, manipulatives help when you teach math. This is our podcast for week 32 in 2022. And we welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Disco Media Services. She's going to help us guide through the links for this week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Well,
1: thank you for inviting me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. This uh, this This is wonderful, but the first link is quite disappointing. It says there are no silver bullet solutions.
1: Now what? Well, yes, and now, uh, but we need to be realistic here, and um, uh, it can save us some uh, disappointment if you know this. So this is from um, Teach and Learning, uh, Alexia, and and yes, unfortunately, the economics of education play a role here. So too many companies come up with a solution and try to market it. Uh, as the one and only silver this bullet. This is the
0: silver bullet. Give right. your child this book and everything will magically become yeah, apparent yeah, to you'll, them. Yeah, you'll never have any, <laughs> any troubles
1: with math anymore. It's completely fixed. And but, now you're saying
0: that's not true?
1: Um, well, unfortunately, no. no. Um, the experts cited in this article make a good point that actually, there, there let's be realistic, there's no such thing as a silver bullet uh, but also focusing on those silver bullet gadgets and methods, it distracts from the more um, um, yeah, effective and, and unfortunately a little bit more complicated solutions um, that do work. So we want to have this positive influence on our students. We want that they, they make progress and we don't want to uh, have them disappointed by something that they think everything will be fixed and then it's not so the the article here uh, by uh tech and, and learning blog i think i said teach but it's tech and learning blog um and uh they uh quote the director of the mit teaching lab right
0: sounds by a respectable yeah, just source
1: justin Reich. so um he says that silver bullet solutions offer easy answers for complicated problems, and the research is often flaky, and and certainly not peer reviewed. And even the good ideas have their limits. And, and yeah, you can see them as a part of the solution. So if you weave several of them together, you might get uh, somewhere. And I think it's good to have people pushing the the status quo, but it should not distract us from um, tackling the math, the real math troubles from for our students in our day-to-day uh, classrooms. Okay. Work on it. Uh, okay. Keep keep it going. Keep the mood up, and every little step that they make in the right direction should be uh, applauded.
0: Good. Okay. Well, let's look at our next. Linked is a complicated area. Here, this is the. I-S-E-E, the International Science and evidence based Education Assessment. What is that and why do we have it?
1: Yeah, well, uh, I'm very happy we have it. It's a little bit confusing because um, here in the U.S. we also have an ISEE, which is an independent school entry <laughs> exam. <laughs> oh, that is true, yes. That's, yeah, and and yeah. then you think that this is, um, no, this is a, not a... an exam that you need right. to do. Well, that definitely not an exam. This is really um, uh, a huge review of um, what we know about evidence-based education in, in a very international uh, perspective. So uh, the abbreviation here, like you said, International Science and Evidence-Based Education Assessment. So they do not assess students. They assess
0: the research
1: behind the education. And this is a wonderful initiative of uh, the UNESCO Mahatma Gandhi, Institute of Education for Peace and Sustainable Development. And it is a, a contribution to... The Futures of Education. It's a process launched by UNESCO in in Paris. I think September uh, two thousand nineteen.
0: Okay, so it's not that old yet.
1: No, no, no. Oh, and and well, this is absolutely a three year work. I mean, uh, this is an extensive overview and a comparison of uh, what we know about education. So, if you want to have a contribution to Reenvisioning re-envisioning the future of education, uh, and, and you want to use science and evidence-based um, information, this report is what you want to, to read. And it's the first uh, ever, as far as we know, uh, large-scale assessments of uh, the body of knowledge that is around um, about uh, education. And the, the overall goal that they have here is is to pull multidisciplinary expertise on education systems and reforms uh, together from a range of stakeholders in a a very open and inclusive way and to undertake uh, scientifically robust and evidence-based assessment that can help policymakers. Okay. So... um, They have some recommendations to improve education systems and uh, the way we organize learning in both in a formal and informal setting. And um, it's also uh, good to find some gaps and and set priorities for future research in the field of education. And they give some some, uh, suggestions for that. It's a really, it's a major effort. And it has been published in in several uh, languages, and uh, like I said, they have some policy uh, suggestions uh, ranging from uh, treating parents as partners to um, have another way to organize the funding of education. Oh, that's
0: important. Yeah, Yeah,
1: okay. Lots of other uh, nuggets of wisdom. One of the things that obviously uh, immediately caught my eye was that they said that uh, students should have um, all over uh, screening, uh, (laughs) general screening at an early uh, age so that they get access to uh, the help they need also um, they mention that if you do not um, assist students with a learning uh, disability, then very often okay. they develop uh, mental issues so that this can is a go good on their whole work. life This, this is, is a, a good big, piece of work. Big piece of work. I love work. It. And um, they also emphasize: I really need to mention that uh, that the context is important, so that we cannot automatically say oh, what worked in Hong Kong, now we'll do that in Nigeria. Right, right, right. Have what really is effective in Canada, now let's do that all of a sudden somewhere else. So um, the context, they, they really want to weave that into um, what is effective. And also, they go a step further than just saying, this is an effective intervention. But they say, we need to compare those interventions because you have a whole pile of... Uh, possibly um, effective interventions, you can't try them all. I mean, that is a costly and a time-consuming exercise. Right. You want to have a comparison between them, and that is also what is uh, in offer. this report. So well, I can wholeheartedly yeah. recommend you reading at least the I, uh, the abstract.
0: I hope the Federal Education Department has a stack of copies for all their members. Anyway.
1: It's free available, <laughs> so I think so.
0: The next link seems to explain how to use Cuisinair rods and why. Do you use them too?
1: Well, I, I, I have several sets and I really love those things. Uh, they are actually uh, one of my favorite manipulatives together with uh, uh, number lines that you could put them in. And uh, this post uh, links to a book uh, published by the um, Association of Teachers Mathematics. And that is the UK organization, and uh, they have uh, compiled several articles about the early uh, use of the quizzing rods. Uh, so Caleb Catenio comes up and uh, Butard, um who were also at the at the beginning of um, distributing the quizzing rods. And the link on, the, on our website uh, gives access to this uh, document. It's uh, around 30 pages. It gives you the history, but also a lot of um, practical uses for um, Cuisinair rods. And uh, in that, those articles, they go a little bit further than uh, how the Cuisinair rods now are usually used. They are uh, what I see... Uh, basically used as uh, substitutes for uh, the numbers 1 to 10, which is very good, uh, it works, uh, but obviously you can uh, make fractions out of them, equivalent fractions, you can calculate with fractions, you can link them to uh, integers. There, there's many more applications of these Cuisinair rods than what we usually see on the internet right now. It's unfortunately a little bit dumbed down, but um, there's there's a good information in this uh, good this information. Link. Yeah. Good,
0: good, and free to download. So, my dear listeners, go to the post on our website and download your copy. Now, our next link is about when your student fails a test. What do we do? No Netflix for you tonight.
1: <laughs> well, poor kids. Well, this is a post by Jennifer Findley. And she brings a great article to help out here. And she has a whole process that you can follow. And, and unfortunately, children with dyscalculia will very often have this experience that uh, the test doesn't go that well. It comes
0: with the territory.
1: Um, now, what you do not need to do is just hand back that disappointingly low grade, but you need to use it as a starting point to do something to help those students. So what uh, her suggestions are is analyze the assessment, analyze the data. And then the next step is to um, go over with your student, make a list so that you know in your classroom, as you are a teacher and you have several students, who is where and who needs some uh, repetition uh, of or some some re um, explanation of a specific uh, topics. She have, has some uh, neatly looking uh, downloadable forms so that you can keep of, uh, track of all the kids in your okay. uh, class. And uh, it is true that the test is, is, is not really failed when you use it as an opportunity to learn. Right. uh, Yeah, basically a test is a fail when you do nothing, only like dry your students' tears and move on. It it sounds friendly but doesn't help a lot. So it's also good for the students to know that a failed test is a starting point, is an opportunity uh, to learn and shouldn't stick with them as as a permanent problem. And there are already schools that um, have implemented either a mandatory or uh, a choice to redo the different questions um, and then ask how the uh, mistake was mended. They write it down, they hand that in, and uh, usually they also write a little uh, one sentence how they can prevent to make the same mistake okay. again. and right. I can only say that just keeping track, like um, Miss Jennifer Findley here um, has those uh, forms uh, to know what your student can do. Um, That is one of our our pillars also in our online course, because if you work with a student one-on-one, you definitely want to keep track lesson by lesson what went well, but more importantly even what were the mistakes, so that you make sure that you correct that immediately during that lesson, but also that you come back to it so that you can um, check if uh, it is understood after you're reteaching.
0: Sounds good, sounds good. Now it it brings us to the last link for this week and that says that manipulatives, uh, manipulatives indeed work when you're teaching. I thought we already knew that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, we know I was that. Say, but this is, but you know. I still have a lot of um, students that uh, come for tutoring, and then I ask, okay, I will use the manipulatives that you are already used to that you have in your school, etc. And they look at me uh, like, what manipulatives? Uh, I mean, tools or toys or things that you have in your classroom to work with, and. Most of the kids have none at all. It's amazing. Uh, maybe they have a ruler and a pencil uh, or whiteboard. These are uh, more um, common right now and then obviously very useful too. But um, here, this is a, a link uh, from the researchers of the American Psychological Association PsychNet uh, journal. And they have done a really large meta-study looking at 55 research papers. And they wholeheartedly confirm this. And so let me give you the short of it. Um, The use of manipulatives to teach mathematics is often um, described as a very... uh, um, efficient and and useful teaching strategy. No. They want to um, go over that empirical evidence. And uh, they conducted this, uh, like I said, systematic uh, research literature, uh, and they identified these 55 uh, studies that compared instructions with manipulatives to control conditioning. Because if you don't have a control... um, that's difficult to say then. Okay, so the sample of studies um, were from kindergarten to college level. and I I really like that because a lot of people think that you only have uh, math manipulatives in kindergarten and first grade, but you definitely have many that you can use uh, for higher level math also. And I just mentioned the Cuisinier rods, like in your Integers and your equivalent fractions and your proportions that you can visualize with that. So what are the statistically significant research? were identified either small to moderate effect sizes, but all in favor of the use of manipulatives when compared with uh, similar instructions without the uh, Manipulatives, okay, so um, However, the, the relationship between teaching mathematics with concrete materials uh, and student learning was um, influenced by both instructional and methodological, um, uh, yeah, uh, properties uh, characteristics. other right. factors those of, of are, yeah. that
0: teaching, obviously, yes, yes, yes. That's but what you have when you have fifty five studies, of course, that you
1: compare. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. They're from all over the place. Right. So, um, additionally, they did some separate analysis for specific learning outcomes. And they looked at retention of what they learned, problem solving, transfer, and um, justification. So, can a student um, explain to you why he did it in a certain way, right? Okay. And also that um, showed moderate to large uh, effects both on retention and uh, a small effect on problem solving, uh, transfer and justification, all in favor of using the manipulatives over just uh, written math, written huh, with, math. with, with right. abstract uh, symbols. Okay. So in conclusion, their final, um, final uh, line is, uh, yes, manipulatives do help when teaching math
0: well absolutely that is great now it has been decided it has been proven my dear listeners go and get yourself manipulatives if you don't know what to buy let us know we'll send you we'll send you a list with uh, some suggestions thank you dr schroeder for your insights we hope to see you again next week dr schroeder the founder of disco services And you can follow her on the internet. She is everywhere and uh, and posts every week. She has five free webinars that come back every working day at 7.30 in three different time zones. Take advantage of that. Go there and and sign up uh, for Center.com. Now, the most important thing that you need to do is you need to think about becoming a Disco tutor yourself because there are not enough to go around. These children do not. Get surface and Dr. Schroeder cannot do it alone. So she's put her wisdom online in an online training. Go to discoculiatutortraining.org to read all about it. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com, and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines, or follow the links on our web page.